Wandering through the great plains of life Things move fast, sometimes a blur Don't you let this bumpy road Separate you from the herd and When you think the day is done The sun is getting low We're all looking for something rare The great white buffalo The great white buffalo Podcast with Ben Mayfield Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast I'm your host Ben Mayfield And as always... It's Nathan Dickens. How are you, Nathan? I'm great, Ben. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I, I had to get at you in there at the very beginning because I've had I have so much to catch up on. Okay. First of all, if you have not seen the Tony Nunley podcast episode, this is I think it's episode like 95. He's episode 94. You gotta go listen to it. Have Have you had a chance to, to hear? I, no, it? because because I know that it's three hours, and I want my attention to all of it. I've been waiting for like just a good day where I'm either driving somewhere for a long time or mm-hmm. I can because I don't want to just listen to five or ten minutes of it and then have to keep doing that. Uh, but I'm very excited about that well, episode. It's, it's interesting that you say that because we've actually started a new thing because of T Nun's episode. It is normally I do like 45 minutes, an hour yeah. is my goal. Yeah. When we were an hour into the podcast with him telling these stories, I couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. He was telling these he's telling these combat stories that's pa 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 like gun shooting and he's he's not like one that's gonna be like 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 overly dramatic but just the, it just sucks you in it sucks you yeah. in bro yeah and so I was like oh we're gonna keep going like we gotta well, keep and, going and that's what I'm expecting and so I know that it's not one of those things where I'm gonna listen to five ten minutes and be like okay I'll get to it in just a little bit I'm just yeah. gonna be like I gotta listen to all of it so I'm really trying to like. Either just have a long drive oh, or yeah. something. I'm supposed to. I may be going to Atlanta tomorrow, so I may listen to it on on my drive. That, that's right uh, Billy. Shout out my, our boy Billy. He told me that he was listening to it, and he he's partners with with business partners with Tony, and so he's heard some of the stories. But he said, "Man, I, I was I got into it. Like I was just listening yeah. to it." He said it took him three days to listen to it. But one of the things that we've done now is I want to keep starting. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please subscribe. Like all the videos, watch them all, support us, please. We have little shorts. But one of the things that we're doing now is we're creating clips, like 10 to like 15-minute clips of episodes. So I have three clips of T-Nun's episode, and then I've just uploaded two clips from other episodes. And I want to keep doing that. So if you're one of the 10-minute type person who wants to listen 10, 15 minutes... We have those. I'm like a, super like a Joe Rogan type thing. Yeah, like a Joe Rogan. Because he does like three-hour podcasts. Yeah. And no one has three hours just to sit and listen to it. But he also does like 15. He, I think he does like 20-minute clips, uh, which I listen to those all the time. Yeah. So we have those now on the Great White Buffalo YouTube page. We're up to 127 subscribers. Our goal for 2023 is 1,000. We're close. We're getting there. We have... This is pretty exciting. We had more subscribers than we did hours listening to the podcast for a while because we were subscribed. Mm-hmm. It takes two seconds to listen to a whole episode, but now we've surpassed that. Ooh! So, okay. in order to get YouTube monetized and like do like advertisement, yep. you have to have a thousand subscribers and four thousand hours of listened to content, and we're okay. up to like I want to say two hundred hours. Of listen to content, that's a whole hour's worth. Yeah, two hundred is a lot. Obviously, it's like ten people listen to Tony's episode. You know, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's thirty yeah. hours, but uh, but I don't know. I thought that was encouraging. Or you had to have ten million 
plays of your YouTube shorts. And I have like 5,000. Uh, hey. It was pretty good. On the way. Yeah, we're on the all way. You need so, is, all you need is one viral clip, you know? One viral clip. And what's crazy is, so getting into the podcast, I had someone I have not talked to in 14 years reach out to me. She, I guess she got my number from a friend from a friend. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she was going to say her name, so I won't say it. Uh, she said, hey, Ben, you know, this is so-and-so. I haven't talked to you in a long time. You know, I hope life is well. I want you to know uh, I've been getting to podcasts lately, and someone suggested your podcast. So I started listening from episode one. Oh, wow. And so she was starting, she asked me questions, which if you don't know, I did episode one like 2019, 2018, mm-hmm, so it's been like mm-hmm. five years. And she was asking me questions from like the first episode, like I think she's on episode like five or six now. And it was asking me questions. And then she was asking me about merch because when I first started, I was all yeah, about like yeah. t-shirts and stickers and hats. And it's like I don't really have a lot of that anymore. I have a couple hats left, <laughs> stickers. You know, I don't That's give awesome. stickers. Yeah, it was super cool. <clears throat> and she also was my. She reminded me. She was my homecoming date. She was a year older than me or two years older than me. I want to say two years. So I took a senior when I was a sophomore to homecoming. What's up? <laughs> and uh, she, I was just, it was just a blast from my past. And that just kind of encouraged me a little bit. When was the last time someone from 14 years ago, you even talked to in forever, just reached out to you and said, hey, how are you? Probably 14 years ago. Was the last time someone reached out to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you probably had that with like students though who like graduated. Yeah. They've gone off eight or nine years, come back and like yeah. Hey, I mean, every up? every once in a while, every yeah. Once well, in a while. like most of it's it hasn't been like eight or nine years, but I mean three, four years, and then like uh, at the Wesley House the other day, uh, Anna and Mason Barge just came in, and I hadn't seen them. Uh, I'm trying to think. One of the last times I saw them was when I did their wedding. That he's in the army, and so he, oh, okay. he, they had gotten married. They moved to Texas. Then he got after about two months of marriage, he got stationed over in Germany for nine months. She was doing something. Now they're back. I don't know if they moved somewhere after Texas, but they, um, I can't remember if they were in Columbus or not at Fort Benning, but now they're in Augusta, um, and he's actually getting close to his ten years in. I think. 10 years Holy in or seven? Smokes. No, no, yeah. maybe it's a seven years in. Either way, he's getting close to figuring out, is he going to make it a career? Is he going to get out and do something else? And it's it's kind of crazy when that happens. Like, they walked into the Wesley house one day, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was so crazy to see him. I've had some times where, he, like, you recognize exactly who they are, but the name is like a, like a roller deck. She's like, trying to figure out. Uh, oh, well, I, I mean, I knew exactly who they were. Like, I knew their names. All that. I was oh, just okay. dumbfounded. I in like sometimes. Oh, no, I was dumbfounded in the fact that, like, I saw them, and it felt like, like, I was like, there's Mason and Anna. And at first, I was like, okay, cool, there. what? And then I went, wait a second. You're not students anymore. Like, I haven't yeah. seen you all. Like, it was really, really cool. So, Because um, you've been there 10 years. Eleven years. Eleven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been. A, oh, I forget. We're twenty twenty three now. Yeah. So it's been a while. So you start to get you start getting up there, and it's cool that the location's the same. So yeah. you know, whenever you come back to visit, you don't have to wonder did they move. It's like no, nah, there's the Wesley House. You come visit. If if you come and visit it, though, it's completely different, but it's still in the same location. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah ever yeah, since yeah. that update or yeah. the remodel. 
yeah, the remodel, the renovation. Something old is now new, but it still feels. You know what? It, they if you don't know, the Wesley House had a huge renovation, super beautiful on the inside, gutted out, redone. Everything's super nice, but the essence of the homey vibe, like this, like feeling like home, yeah, is still there. And I think that speaks a lot to the culture that you've created in that ministry. Uh, yeah. Because that's one of the reasons why I loved West when I was in college, uh, just a couple years ago, not too long ago. Yeah, just a few years. Just ago. a few years. Uh, was just you just like had a home, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you were, were friends, and it's just like you hang out, you watch games, you live life together. It was a Wesley home versus a Wesley house. <laughs> there okay. we go. All right. <laughs> it's all about marketing, right? Yeah. So. I, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things, one of which I really appreciate you. How are you doing? We haven't, the guests haven't seen you in a couple episodes. I know. I'm, I'm doing good, man. Life is, it feels like it's just, I feel like as I get older, it just gets faster and it yes. just like, it never slows down. Like I was thinking about it, uh, I'm trying to think the last weekend I didn't have something that's going on, like somewhere to be or something to do, like just a, a weekend that weekdays feel like they're cra- like everything's so crazy. A lot of change is about to happen. You know, Meeks is leaving Wesley. Um, whoa, spoiler alert. Well, I mean, we love you. Uh, my, the associate at Wesley foundation, he got a great opportunity to go do something else. And so he's going, so there's that part of me of like, Oh gosh, this, you know, what's that change going to look like? There's just, we finally have the Wesley house back, so we're doing more, we're around people more, mm-hmm. trying to build the culture back to what we wanted to. And it's just, and then just life, life is just crazy. My parents are moving back to Dahlonega, uh, which is super exciting. Um, but it just feels should, like... Should I get Ed Dickens on the podcast? Oh, uh, he would just, he Sure. Um, okay. All right. I don't know. But, I thought he had some good stories. <laughs> he he probably has some. He's got some good stories, but um, it's just it's crazy. But I'm doing good, man. It's taking a day at a time. Trying to learn to even in the midst. I've been trying to learn this for the past couple years, but even in the midst of everything, is how to slow down life, mm. and and instead of adding more and more things, like one of my one of my thoughts is that. If your plate is full and you even just try to add something little to it, it's just adding more to a full plate. Instead, you got to take some stuff off your plate to be able to add some things in a good way. And so I think for healthiness of life, for people in general, we are so busy sometimes, but we we just keep adding more things. And I want to start taking more things off so the things that are on my plate are more valuable that I can commit to that I can be with. And so I'm just trying to learn more and more about slowing down life. I will say I'm a little hungry now that you I just had this food. Automatically thought of like Chinese buffet. Like I'm going to add as much oh, food gosh. as possible. I will say too, I think sometimes using that analogy about, you know, we have a plate and we have, you know, we just keep adding stuff to it without taking stuff out. Is sometimes we feel like, well, I'll just try to get a bigger plate. And I think, you know, there's this video that I saw. It's not an original thought, but it just, it just stood to me or stood out to me. Was this guy is holding a glass of water. Have you seen this video? I'm sorry if I repeat Mm-mm. myself. He's holding this glass of water. And it's like a lecture. And he goes, how, how much does this 
uh, glass of water weigh. You know, one says eight ounces, one says 12, one says 16, 20 ounces. And he says the absolute weight of this water in this glass does not matter. What matters is, is how long I hold on to it. If I hold it for now, my arm is fine. Mm-hmm. Hold it in a cup for a couple more hours, it starts getting wobbly. If I hold it all day, my arm becomes paralyzed and, and, and I can't move it because, you know, of the weight that it's been holding us. And he talked about it's the same thing when we do with stress and anxiety and the things of this world is we try to hold on to things. And it's not about maybe the weight of it, but it's how long we've hold on to it. If you just take that weight and you just set it down, it's gone. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was just an interesting visual of the weight of the water doesn't change. It's just how long we hold on to it that that makes us, you know, crumble or paralyze. And so to me, it's like thinking about if I'm in a toxic relationship or in a, a stressful work environment, how long am I going to hold on to that And versus just letting it go and say, you know what, that's not where I need to be. Let me set that down and just move out and how healthier that can be. Yeah. Uh, instead, we let it paralyze us to a point where we can't even move. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that that can it's be cool very visual. true. Yeah. And I, for me, it's, you know, I'm being around college students, being around just people in general, and just knowing my own stuff is that I, I just feel like we're so overloaded and the things that we, we do, the, our culture and what people are trying to do is is suck us in to keep us doing more of it. So you got mm-hmm. your uh, social medias, you got everything that we do, comparison, always feeling like we have to be more busy, doing more things, and it's not giving us the results that we truly desire. And so I, I think for me, it's I, I can notice how much time that I can waste being on my phone. Or uh, doing other things yeah. to where honestly, it's 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 we're doing it in a way that I feel like we're almost like numbing our mind to mm-hmm. be able to be bored or to be quiet, and we don't. All the while, we're still screaming for help. We want peace. We want joy. We want all that, and instead, we just continue to go back to the things that numb our minds that don't really produce the results we want. So it just keeps uh, it just keeps us in that state of like it's that cyclical thing that we yeah. just keep doing. And so for me, I'm, I'm trying to be very aware of like getting like I love that I don't have social medias. I still have the Wesley account to post for stuff like that. Yeah, you just showed me a video. Yeah, that reminded me. Of but you. <laughs> but I it's funny because even not having my personal one, I can see how like I can get on the Wesley one, just watch stupid videos for a while, and I'm like, for what? Like I haven't really thought. I'm just I haven't been with the Lord. I haven't sat. I, I'm not even thinking about anything else, but just numbing my mind it's funny to say that because i was leading a bible study and i said you know i'm talking about prayer life it's been on my mind a lot lately it's our prayer life and our walk with god and so prayer has just been i don't know just consuming my thoughts when it comes to my spiritual life and or just my life and i was challenging the people in the bible study to like hey like how often do we pray right and i i equate our prayer to with god to be our relationship with god 
And so if you replace the word prayer with relationship, how is your relationship with God and then prayer with God, it kind of makes you think of like, oh, well, maybe I don't spend a lot of time in my relationship with God because I don't spend a lot of prayer with God. And one of the guys in there was like, well, I don't really have a lot of time. I got a lot of stress with school and exams. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to downplay that. I get that. Like, I, I, I know for a fact you're stressed out. I said, but how often are you on your phone? And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I mean, I know you're on your phone a lot, but how much? And he was like, I don't know. And then one of the kids in that room was like, you can check your screen usage. It pops mm-hmm. up every week. It tells you. So we're like, all right. So we pulled it out. Like every kid in that pulled it out. On average, he spends over two hours on TikTok watching videos. And you saw this moment of like an Oach moment of like, oh, maybe I do have time to yeah. pray and focus on it if I didn't spend two hours per day watching TikTok videos. And even if you're going to say, well, it helps me de-stress or it helps me de-wind to kind of veg out. You know, some people watch a TV show. I watch now yeah. or TikTok. I get that. But two hours? You couldn't watch an hour and a half and then do a 20 minute? Well, and, that, and that's prayer. the whole thing of like, okay, imagine the whole plate analogy. Imagine you just try to add prayer into your life, but you don't take anything away. You're just adding more and more and more. So instead of oh, yeah, two hours of TikTok, why not an hour and a half? And then you're taking away something mm. to be able to add something more. Because, really I mean, the thing is, we do we make time for the things that are important to us. I mean, if we're really honest about it, that if we even had more hours of the day, we would just fill it up with more things. It's yeah. not like it would just, oh, I can do what I need to do in 24 hours and I'd still have six hours of chill. No, we would just add more to the plate. The problem isn't our time. The problem is where, like, where's our heart really and what, what are we doing to slow down our life? And in order to and take away some things, take some things out to be able to add to it, because it's it, it's like the the thing of like, okay, well, I use my phone for this or this or this. Imagine being uh, like in a room with someone, even if you're in a relationship or friendship, and they're always on their phone. Oh. Then you feel like they're like you're not really spending time with each other, and then you're not. If you've ever had that experience where you're trying to talk to someone, they're just constantly on their phone, it feels like they're not really with me. They're not really listening. They're not really connecting. And so it's the same thing of like, okay, well, I use my phone for all these things or I do all these things. Imagine if you told your spouse or your kids or your girlfriend or boyfriend or your friend like, Oh, no, no, I, I'm just using my phone to do all the... At some point, you'd be like, yeah, but I want you to listen. I want you mm-hmm. to be with me. Yeah, You know, I can't go to a... Re- like, oh, I'm going to take you out on a date, and then on the date, always be... The whole time, be on my phone. Like, it, it, it's not going to work. Right. Remind, so, yeah, it reminds me... Uh, and this is just fresh in my mind. I don't have this just memorized at all times. But Luke 24 is the walk to Emmaus scripture, starting like verse 13. And it's a really incredible story... Go read it if you haven't. But in that kind of the the summary is you have these two disciples who are walking down this road to Emmaus, and the stranger comes up to Jesus, but they don't know it's Jesus. Walks to him, and they're telling him like kind of like the latest like news of like, oh my God, did you hear this? Did you hear this? And they refer to Jesus as a prophet, which is an important distinction because that's what a lot of people at the time 
and even some cultures or uh, religions rather still refer to Jesus as just a prophet. And so they're talking about he's a prophet. We've heard this happen. We don't really know. And Jesus calls him out and says, hey, you foolish people. Like, this is who I am. And then reads scripture, you know, or tells them scripture about how, who he is, blah, blah, blah. And then goes to their home. And they invite him to his home. And he shares communion with them, shares bricks, bread. And, um, and then he disappears. And it says that their eyes were open and they recognized who he was. And then their hearts became on fire for the Lord. Uh, and they went back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples that they saw Jesus. And I love this story because on the surface level, it's like, okay, cool. Like They know who Jesus is. Great. But to me, in this mindset of prayer and being in relationship with people, is they were walking and talking with God, which is prayer. They're living life with God. They're talking to God. They're listening to God. They're going back and forth, discussion. They weren't on their phones. They weren't distracted. And they didn't even believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that that, that 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 was, you know, the Lord and Savior is risen, just a prophet, but still talking with who they later became to know as God. And they recognized it, and it changed them. There's this transformation. Prayer transformed them from thinking one thing to this whole another level of belief and trust and faith, and their hearts were on fire. And it just made me think about if we spend more time in prayer and our relationship with the Lord, are there moments where God's trying to get us to open our eyes so we recognize, quoting Scripture, who God really is, not just what we want God to be to fit in a mold, but then also our hearts become on fire. It was just, to me, it was a challenge. And there's a song, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling. It's just, it's just, no, it's good. It, it hit me just in a, on a deeper level. You know, they refer to him as prophet and then later call him my Lord. And this is right after the, the, the Thomas scripture where Thomas was like, my Lord, my God, and has this revelation mm-hmm. of who God is. And there's a song called A Thousand Names by like Sean Curran. It's like, I know you by a thousand names, and you deserve every single one. You know, we talk about who Jesus is, you know, Jesus, uh, God, Lord, Messiah, Savior, Prince of Peace, uh, Healer, Waymaker, uh, Ocean Splitter. You know, like, he has a thousand different names that you could call him. But the one that's like been in the season of life that I'm in is Lord. And I've talked about this mm-hmm. before. It's like, am I going to be someone who follows him and spends time with him and growing that relationship with him? And it, it just kind of not convicted me, I guess a little bit of conviction, but also just kind of like, I don't know, excited me to think about walking with God and talking with God and growing in that prayer life and in that relationship. Well, no, I think you've, like, there's something really key there. Number one, uh, John Mark Comer, I love a lot of his teachings and talkings and all that. One of the things that he talks about is the whole purpose of us reading Scripture, prayer, um, all the spiritual disciplines, all that, is to be with God. Mm-hmm. It's to be with Him. It's not like we don't just, okay, it's just imagine if you talked with like a girlfriend or spouse, and it's like, okay, I did my 15 minutes with you, check, and then I'm out. Like, no, no, you, you want to be with them and linger with them the and do that. Seat, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, how that wouldn't sustain itself. No, it wouldn't. And so a lot of times we think, okay, is it just this checklist? And God, again, we're not works-based faith. We can't earn 
God's love, grace, mercy. It is only by His grace that we can even come to Him. And so it's not that we can earn it. We want to just be with Him. And I think you made a good distinction that a lot of us, or I think a lot of times, especially in the Western context, we we may realize we need a Savior, but when it comes to Lord, we we it's like, ah, because the Savior's there to save us, we can't do anything, we need help. But when God is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Lord means that they tell you how to live your life, and you follow after that. And as humans, yeah. yes, we're not always going to be perfect, and there's struggles, there's temptation, um, we fall. But as you know, a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up. We continue to get back up and follow after him. But a part of following after Jesus is following after him, letting him be Lord of your life. And he doesn't, I don't believe that God lords over our life as one that's like, you know, this authoritarian that's putting their thumb down, making you do something. God is offering us a way of life that brings life that brings truth, that brings peace, that brings joy. And there's parameters to those that life because it it that's what leads us to the joy, the peace, all those types of things. So Jesus, so God has to be our Lord, means we have to follow after him, which means right. we have to submit our ways and know that God, it may be new to us, it may be hard to understand to us, but God from the beginning has been God. And so it's not new to God. It's not like God has a reason and a rhyme, and if we will actually allow Him to not only be Savior, but to be Lord over our life. There's a big distinction there, and it, I think there's that's something you hit nail on the head. Well, one of the things reminds me of like spiritual, spiritual discipline. You know, the word discipline has been hijacked into a synonym for punishment. And so I feel like a lot of people say discipline. I don't want to be disciplined. Like, you know, I'm getting in trouble. But if you really think of the word discipline, it means like boundaries. Like you're falling within a boundary. You're following a set of rules and guidelines. And so when you're disciplined, you're living within that boundary, living within those set of rules. When you get out of it, and the word disciplined was like punishment, but it was really to yeah. get you back into, back in the boundary, get you back into it. And so I think with a spiritual discipline, you're talking about living life with God and and uh, he, then learning the ways of truth and, and peace and all that, is the spiritual discipline is saying, I'm going to live within what God has for me. And if I try to get out of it, I want to get pulled back in and, and think about how I can sharpen my tools. And I use a lot of examples with kids with sports. It's like, you know, are you disciplined when it comes to your soccer? Are you disciplined when it comes to your basketball or gymnastics or whatever, baseball, where, like, you practice, you work out, you, you spend time? I said, y'all, a lot of these kids, too, have, like, hitting coaches. Like yeah. They go, like, to baseball or, uh, or softball hitting coaches. Or I know one that had a, a personal trainer for soccer. Yeah. I'm like, man, y'all hire all these things to make you a better, uh, you know, athlete for your sport but when it comes to your spiritual discipline it's like yeah maybe it'll work out and i think it's the i don't think it's because they don't see maybe the importance of it it's just how do i take a mind heart shift of like oh, i really just enjoy playing soccer i'm only really good at it versus man, i just really enjoy time spend the lord i want to get better at it 
It's not. There's yeah. not that instant well, gratification. I think, maybe I think it's, and this this might be a little much to flesh out, but that's true. That's true. This but is, this is a deep episode. I'm sorry. But it's it's one of those things that the purpose of being a Christian is not for us to make ourselves better. Ooh, all right. That's the my purpose. Beat. That's my beat. The purpose of and and it's hard because we do want to be better at our disciplines. We want to be more consistent. We want to grow with the Lord. But we have to be careful not to think, okay, well, I can make myself better, or mm. this will make me a better person, a better thing. Yeah. No, no, I just want to be with the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to transform my life, because left up to my own devices, I might be able to do better for a day or a week or two, but I'm going to fall back into my own vices, my own temptations, because my strength is not strong enough. And I think there's, it's hard because it's not as easy as like, like with, if you hire someone to help you, okay, kick a thousand times, do it this way, move your foot this way, it'll make the ball do a different thing. Or if you're like, you know, whatever it is, baseball, what all that stuff, you see some direct results right then. But the thing is that I, I feel like with God is that it's, we don't, it's not like we don't see results. You do see results as evidence of the Holy Spirit living inside you, but it's not because you did it. It's because the Holy Spirit, there is this balance of like, well, we do have to get up, we do have to read, we can't just say, well, like, well, if the Lord wills it, it'll just happen. Right. But we have to realize that it is by God's grace and the grace of God that changes us. And so we want to follow Him. And here's the thing. I would want to. I, I told this. Uh, uh, I've I've told this story to Wesley students a couple years ago. I was in a really bad uh, mental state, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry. Couldn't make decisions. Very anxious. A lot of things that I I couldn't. I, I was in a real tough place, right. and by the time that I felt like. I had direction. It was too late for some things. So I took a I took a month to like kind of a sabbatical and I went away. And I remember I was on the beach. Uh I, I went down to uh Florida. Florida because there was someone that had a beach house that said you can use it, just pay the cleaning fee. I was like, okay. I just wanted to get away, get as far away as I could. And <clears throat> and I remember I was I was sitting on the beach. I had this. It was almost like this epiphany that, man, God, like I could go home and everything that I I hope for and desire, it could change and it could happen and it could, like life could be completely different when I come back to Dahlonega. And I said, but I could also go home, and nothing of like outside of me has changed. But what I realize is. God is truly good. And so for me, like driving home and, and coming home, nothing changed. All the things that I really wanted and hoped for and desired and really felt like I had good direction, none of that happened. But what did happen was I feel like the Spirit changed me to realize, no, God is truly good. And whether... whether I realize, like, whether God gets me out of this funk or I live in this funk for a while, I'm trusting in God. 
I want God to bring me out of that place. I wanted things to change and and things to happen the way I wanted it. But what I realized was God is bigger than my circumstances. Mm -hmm. And whether my circumstances change or not, God is still truly good. And so for me, it wasn't about, okay, well, I want God because I want something from God. I've gotten the best thing. I've gotten salvation. I've gotten the ability to follow after Him and know that in this life there will be troubles, but with God, that there is peace that surpasses all understanding, that from then on it's like, okay, it's not about what I may or may not receive. I can live a hard life from the exterior, never make a lot of money. I could be like just all, but I still believe God is good, and I love Him, and I follow after Him. I think there's a point at which, if we can understand that, that God is truly good, that it's not about your circumstances. And like, I've been praying lately, and it's really hard. Like, I want to ask God and, 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 and ask God for things and do, but really, I'm like, it's like what Jesus said before he went to the cross, but your will be done. Mm. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, like Jesus was saying, if there's any way that, this can happen without me doing this. If I can, if I can go through this without drinking from this cup, that'd be awesome. But your will be done, because he knows that his father is good. And so, for me, it's kind of like, it's not about whether you have things or don't have things, or whether once your mental state gets better, or once you get better, or once you do that, it's realizing that God is truly good and worth following and loving and and serving even if it doesn't give you the results that you want or that you desire and i think when you get to that level it's it's no long it, like i just want to be with god and yeah i i would like things in life i'd like you know and i still want to pray about that and but at the end of it it's like but god i i really want your will more than anything i just want i just want to be with you and I know that I'm going to be with you even on the tough days. You are with me even on the tough days. I think about people who are in marriages, that they're with their spouse, not just on the good days, but in the bad days and in the hard days and in the tough days. They're with each other. And I just think that's a, an important thing to realize that God's not this eight ball, that if we're like, we need something from him, so we just ask, and if we get it from him, then he's good. And if we don't, then he's bad. Like, no, God is good no matter what happens. And even if our life is, like, not prosperous in the sense of our Western ideolo like ideology of, you know, making more money or, you know, all these other things, these le God is still good, and he's worth worshiping and serving through it all. And I think that's really has been big for me to to realize over the past few years that no God is truly good and my circumstances may come and go and God's not out here to trick me God's not trying to again authoritarian like well I'm going to do this to you God's just saying I love you I'm a good father follow after me Jesus even told us that life won't be easy but and there will be troubles in this world but following after him will bring joy, will bring peace in the midst of kind of chaos. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't know exactly what to say after that. That's powerful stuff. I just thought of, like, worldly success is not the same as 
heavenly fulfillment. Well, think yeah. I was at this conference a couple years ago, and it was really interesting. The one of the speakers was talking about measures of success and how we, in our humanness, we think of kind of glory to glory. So you think of success. You think of success as like, okay, I started here at this job, and then I went to this job, and it was a, a pay bump, and it was a higher position, and then boom, and you keep, we think of it as going up. Yeah. But he said, look at the gospel, and God's idea of glory to glory was, like Jesus kept reminding him, no, 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 like I must die in order for the Holy Spirit to come, in order for y'all to be saved. It was... The disciples, they didn't follow Jesus, get a pay bump, and then they became these great leaders, and they did it. They weren't ranked like 12 to 1. Well, like, all right, you're the 12th disciple. You know, well, and think about Bartholomew. Well, <laughs> think about their life and what, what happened. Like, Jesus didn't say, follow after me. You're gonna, it's all going to be good. They ended up losing their lives following Jesus. And so his point was that sometimes there's a necessary death in order for there to be life. And it's it's proved in nature. In order for plants to grow, guess what happens? They come from dead seeds. They come from things dying and being rebirthed. And so this is where Jesus talks about you must die. Like if you want to save your life, yeah. you must die to like die to yourself and follow me. And I think that that's really difficult because in our culture we don't realize that sometimes things have to die. Like, it, it's not as easy as like, okay, well, if things are going good, then the next thing will be better, then the next thing will be better. Following after Jesus, it's not a, okay, I started following after Jesus, and I trusted Him more, so I got this, so I got this, so I got this. It may be an up and down. It may be yeah, I followed like after Jesus. Yeah, thing. and like, like I last story, I'll say. I remember I met this dude in Malaysia, and Malaysia, Malaysia, uh, <laughs> He's and the Prime Minister of Malaysia. Sorry, what what Zoolander reference? If you haven't traveled a lot outside of the the U.S., especially when you get to like other countries, England, you know, some of these major world powers, you're going to have a lot of diversity. But for a lot of countries, there's not much diversity. And uh, I was in Malaysia, and I saw these uh, two African guys in there. And we were doing this VBS thing, and I was like, I got another story because you don't see many Africans in Malaysia. You don't see many white people in Malaysia. I mean, certain parts. But, anyways, I went over to talk to him, and I said, "Dude, he was this young dude. They were, uh, we were doing VBS, and they were playing the song, the Lord, I lift your name on high, that old <laughs> yeah. old song.' Come on. And I was just like, I was just sitting there, Lord, just watching. I lift your name on and high. I, I look over at him, and he's just weeping, just hands up, just weeping and, and praying. I was like, I got to know what this guy's story is. So I went over to him and I said, hey man, uh, where are you from? <laughs> like, you're you're not from here. Like, there's no way. And he was like, oh, I was like, what's your story? And he was like, well, he grew up in Africa. I forget which country it was, but they were having this major civil war. He was eight or nine years old. That's a bunch of countries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there was, he was eight or nine years old and he... The, the other warlords came in, killed his father and his brother, um, sexually abused his sister and mother, and then killed him. And him and his buddy that were eight or nine years old fled. They were in lion country, uh, 
elephant country, all that, they ran into another country seeking asylum. Were there for about 10 years, so they were about 18. That country that was giving these people asylum were about to say, hey, you need to go back like home. And But the the warlords were still in charge, so they were freaking out. So they just hopped on a ship to Malaysia and had been there for <laughs> about two or three years or four years or something. And he starts telling me all this, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And he goes, but you know, God is so good. I mean, this dude lost his family in a horrific way, watched some of his family get abused and murdered, right. had to run away with a buddy to a foreign country. Then after with 10 no years... no money, no, no money, no nothing. No family. Then yeah. after 10 years, they're about to be forced back to their hometown, which, cool, that'd be exciting to finally go back home, except for a lot of his family and friends are dead and those warlords are still in charge. So they hop a ship to Malaysia. And, probably and, exactly. And and they're just there and he's sitting there in a VBS at this random church worshiping God and talking about how good God is. There's something to that that um you there there's a certain amount like following after Jesus isn't about the glory to glory as we think. It's about dying to ourselves and our, our thoughts that will actually produce true life. And that's the thing that I, I think, I mean, even um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer talked about this when he came over and he was doing some of his doctoral work. He The only churches that he found in America that essentially he felt like the Spirit really moved uh, were all the African-American churches. He said the white churches were essentially like... Um, Country clubs. They were about entertaining people. This was yeah. in the 30s. So, like, still the things that we deal with today of like trying to entertain Absolutely, and do yeah. that. And one of his conclusions was in the African American churches, they went through so much. Um, they went. They went through so many hardships in America that they were left to a place of of just utter desperation for the Lord. And I think that there's something to that that we need to take the good in with the bad. Um, but we just need to be desperate to be with God. And whether that brings prosperity or whether it doesn't, or whether that brings whatever we desire and want, or whether it doesn't, God is still good and worth worth worshiping. Yeah, because I think sometimes I'm in this class, so it's uh, recency bias in my head, but it's doctrine versus theology. And if you don't know the difference... I understand because you didn't have to take a class. I wouldn't know if I hadn't. But doctrine is like a rule book. Theology policies is, and procedures. Yeah, policies and procedures. And then theology is the study of God, and, and theology can be dissected in a thousand different ways. But that's the basic premise. Study of God and who God is and our relationship with the Lord, and then doctrine is these policies and procedures and rules. And I think one of the things that I, I'm kind of working throughout I think there's a place of reverence that needs to come when you're talking with the Lord and and, and your relationship with the Lord, but there also has to be a relationship aspect. And I think if you go too far one way where it's all relationship and no reverence, it's like, well, the Lord isn't just some person, just some guy. That's the Lord of Lords, it's the King of Kings, it's the Prince of Peace. Yeah. Like, like put some reverence to that name of like how you treat that relationship. But also, if it's so much reverence that you're too far off. 
and it's not a relatable God who's walking beside you and talking to you like the walk to Emmaus. You know, it wasn't like he had four people carrying them on like one of those little like uh, king chairs, you know, up in the mm-hmm. air. It's like, hello, this is, you know, that's not natural. That's not relationship. He's walking with them, talking to them. But also when he's breaking bread and blessing the bread and the, and the, and the, and the, and the wine, there's a, there's this reverence of, okay, this is who God is. I'm in the presence of God. And so when you're just talking about that with the different churches with, with Bonhoeffer and just kind of this whole thing is, it just got me just thinking about the relationship aspect with God sometimes has been, you know, damaged or has been, uh, I don't know, separated is the right word. Just, it's just been distant and to have a genuine relationship with the Lord, but also have a little bit of reverence, not too much reverence where it just, shadows out or casts out the relationship aspect of it. Well, I think I think what you're in a way yeah, one of my th- one of my th- one of my kind of philosophies in life which I know it's not mine. I'm sure a bunch of people have done this before. Nothing's new in the Nathan Dickens philosophy. But the I feel like people we're like pendulums and mm-hmm. if we're not careful we swing from extremes to extremes and that's not where we were meant to live. We're meant to live in balance. Ooh. And right in the center and I think that all that, that that's there is balance. It, like the you don't want to be so. Um, it's finding a good balance yeah. in life in everything in every part of. We your talked life. about like truth and grace. Uh, shout out to my girl Sarah Kate. She talked about how sometimes she gets to a church, and one of the things that she struggled with is all about grace, and, and she's yeah. like, "Grace is powerful. Grace is wonderful." I'm speaking for her, but she can defend herself later. But she just loves she loves grace. But she goes, well, there's also some truth that needs to, to be spoken about where that grace comes from and that that uh, living discipline, spiritual discipline, a truth of like, well, there should be this thing that changes you. Don't just abuse the grace. There's truth of like, you know, the way that we speak to people, the way that we act with people, truth that uh, the way that God's called us to be. But if you're all about truth, and no grace, then you miss the the purpose. You miss the point. And so I love how you said uh, Avery Ross used to always say uh, the key to life is balance. And so I love how you said that. It's like this is balance, truth and grace, or reverence and relationship. You gotta have balance of not going too far one way, and also recognize if someone is too far one way, that okay, well that doesn't make them bad. Just talk to them and like say, hey, yeah. have you seen this side to it? Uh, or someone talks to you like, "Hey, you're too far into it." Had the the wisdom and the strength to go. You know, you're probably right. I am a little too truth heavy. Um, well, it's and here's the thing: I don't think it, with having balance, it's hard because I, it's so hard to be like, oh, "Are you too truth heavy? Or are you too grace, grace heavy?" heavy. I, I mean, yeah, Bonhoeffer, one, but but, it, but it's it's there's some tr- there's some realness to that. But Bonhoeffer talks about it in cheap grace. He says you don't Ooh. want cheap grace. That it's that idea that okay, well, I can sin. I I'll just ask God to forgive me, and so therefore, like, who cares? Like, I'll just ask for forgiveness. Yeah. And Bonhoeffer said, no, that's cheap grace because the grace that we've been afforded was bought with a heavy price. It was Jesus Christ dying and then resurrecting and ascending. Like he had to die, become that at- final atoning sacrifice for us. Um, and an he didn't effort. stay there, but it like so that grace has a lot of weight to it. That's the type of grace that 
we could never earn ourselves. We could never do enough. We could never do enough praying. We could never do enough not sinning, because as Scripture tells us, because of one man's sin, we had all sinned, but because of one man's sacrifice, Jesus, now we can be saved. Now we are adopted. Now we are heirs. And so that grace, is we can't have cheap grace. And and there's that level of like, okay, well, there is like truth. If it could be a very true, like something very poignant, but if you don't have grace, like imagine having a friend that all they do is just they may tell you some true things about you, but they just yeah. point out faults and do that. It's oh, like, yeah. ah, it's like, I don't know if I really want to be around it. So there is that balanced perspective, but all of it is this big balancing act in everything that we do. Um, and I think one of the big things is being humble enough to recognize that we're not as good as we think we are. We're not, we're not the, 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 like, we need to be humble and recognize we are just sinners. We are yet sinners just like everyone else. Everyone else, we're sinners saved by grace, and that God welcomes us um, and desires a relationship with us and desires to be our Lord and our Savior. And so we should approach everyone else that way, knowing that without God, we are nothing, mm. that no one is better than someone else, that no one is good enough, as Romans talks about. No one's good enough for that. We've all fallen short. Amen. Except for me. Well, naturally. Yeah, yeah, naturally. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Everybody else, yeah. Yeah, yeah. everybody else. I mean, Do- I'm the great white bubble. Re- you know? Reverend Dr. Ben Mayfield. Everybody. Yeah, just like, I just want everybody to know that. Like, that's why we do this podcast, is to reach out to y'all. Yeah, so, no, 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 no. Anyways, I digress. Uh, so, I will say, first of all, thank you for being on the podcast today. Oh, no. I, I miss I miss this. I know I do too, uh, and I'm sorry I got heavy handed. You know I can talk spiritual stuff. I love no, that. No, it's I, just I, I'm with you. The only problem that I have sometimes is when you're doing spiritual stuff. It's like I wish I had a notepad so when I do messages and sermons, you I, don't you know, need it. You got to. I guess I, yeah, I guess yeah. it's true. Yeah, it's recorded. <laughs> but then I guess I have to rewatch my podcast. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, that's a great line. Oh my god, yeah, we don't want that cheap grace. Let's write that down. That's good. Uh, and also the way that you recall stuff with like with scripture and stuff, man, it's a gift. It's you have it's a gift. it's not that good. I I can <laughs> rarely pinpoint exactly, but I know like where it, like I'm not gonna be like, hey, John, for unless I just read it. <laughs> but no, it's, I've known a guy who could do that. He'd be like, oh, you mean like Philippians seven Will Maxwell? four? And you're like, he can do it. Will Maxwell can? Oh, dude, shout out to to Willie Max. He can do it. Uh, he well, he reads the scripture. God, that's the type of person, you know, talking about the truth and grace. You know, this guy is perfectly balanced. I would wake up in the morning, it'd be like eight o'clock, I'd use the restroom, brush my teeth, get up. And he's been up for three hours reading his Bible with a cup of coffee with like no music, just him and the Lord and just talking to the Lord. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I watched 17 minutes about Star Wars YouTube video, <laughs> you know, like, so I guess we're on the same level. And it's just, I don't know. Like that, talk about someone who just takes a relationship with the Lord serious. It it, it actually inspires me a little bit. It oh, encourages yeah. me to go. You know what? I can grow in it when you see people like that. And he's so humble. Like he's not like a oh. guy that throws it in your face no. at all. So, but we always like to end the episodes with nuggets of wisdom. You should know that by now because you've thrown out lots of nuggets. You have like a twenty piece nugget of wisdom <laughs> as a McDonald's joke. Sorry, they don't all land. Uh, <laughs> but they are doing this. I know it's not really spiritual, but they're doing, for a limited time, 
you know the uh, Big Macs that had that yeah. sauce. They're putting it in a sauce cup that you can order now. So like if you order fries or nuggets, you want Big you Mac get the sauce, Big Mac sauce. You like dip the nuggets in it. Uh, have you seen the Todd Pizza things from Domino's? No, dude. It's like imagine like a breadstick or something. Yeah, they just put a bunch of tater tots down and then they put like the cheese, cheese. and all, and they have like. They have ones that's kind of like the bacon ranch fries, yeah. but it's with tots. Is it, yeah. I don't know. I just saw commercials. I'm about and to it get looks, it today. It looks awesome. I'll say that. <laughs> My plate is about to get more full yeah. <laughs> with bacon ranch uh, But there's tots. like three different types you can get, but they look, honestly, they look really good. Dude, because you can have some good tots. You know, I went the other day that was really good. Oh, I don't know about to wrap this up, but Taco Mac, I got tacos from there, and they were really good. It was nine ninety nine. I want to say it was for three tacos. Did you go to the one in Cumming? Yeah, the one in Cumming. Okay, I haven't been to the one in Dawson. I'm actually might I may go tonight though because the Warriors play Sacramento Kings and it's been an incredible mm. basketball series. And Who won last night, by the way? The Hawks lost. Dang it! Yeah, so the Hawks are now eliminated. This is depending on when you listen to this. This is in twenty twenty three, and it was so mad because they were they lost by one point in the first quarter. Tied the second quarter, won by three points. So they were up by two points going into the fourth quarter. And then with like six minutes to go, the, the game's tied. And then we, we lost three balls in a row, like in a row. Like they inbound it, they couldn't mm-hmm. inbound it. Then we lost it again, lost it again. They missed a layup, they missed a shot. Like almost like five times in a row, the Hawks just jacked it up. And then the Celtics didn't. And so they won. They yeah. won by like six points. It's just it's just so frustrating because if they have won that and they tie the series three three, I still think we probably would have lost in Boston on game like seven. But it's yeah. still like the Hawks. I don't know. It's just they, Trey Young is not a superstar. He is a regular star. Well, no. Here's my thing: is the Hawks are good, but it just feels like we're good, and yeah. we never get over the like. We just never get to the place of like being able to make it past a certain level. Yeah. The the 2014 and 2015, we got to the Eastern Conference Finals. We lost mm-hmm. to the Cavaliers and LeBron James twice, and then they lost to the Warriors. But that was the two seasons that most recently we've been to the finals. Yeah. Like Trey Young, uh, Trey, oh, I'll tell you that about Trey Young got us to the Eastern Conference Finals, and we just got demolished. But I forgot about that. Sorry, Trey Young. He did get us to the Eastern Conference Finals yeah. because someone said the other day, Luka Donovic, the one that we trade, Trey and Luka, uh, Luka has not been to the finals yet. So it's like, well, he may be better, but he hasn't got his team to the finals, and Trey has. I feel like Luka and Trey are, are just so good, and they're different types of players that it's hard to completely compare them. Like yeah. It's not like apples to apples. I feel like it's like oh, apples yeah. and oranges. Like they, sure. They're both extremely good. They both have different... Some similar skill sets, but size-wise, they're completely different. Uh, some of the plays a little different because of their size, but they're both stinking phenomenal. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. All right, what's your nugget of wisdom? My nugget of wisdom is... Uh, well, I just want to say this before you go. I love how that was like super spiritual the entire episode. And then it's it was like balance. basketball. Balance. And then it goes back to... You know, that's, that's life, though. Balance. What I would say is... Uh, after you listen to this, take some time, whenever that is that you listen to it, and uh, maybe think of some ways to slow down life. John Mark Comer always talks about that 
uh, rush and hurry is the antithesis of love, that you cannot love well while you're in rush and hurry. Good example, if you're late to something and you're driving behind someone and they're going a little slow, what are you doing? Get out of my way! Like, yeah, and you're just so, like, you cannot, <clears throat> you know, people late to church and the families are taking forever, like, get, get in the car, get in the car, we're going to worship Jesus. Like, it's really hard to be able to love well, to do life well, I think, when you're in a constant state of rush and hurry. So how? what are some things that you can take off of your plate to slow down life? Oh, that's really good. Because I, I just thought about, like, if I was, like, in a sermon, and, you know, you talk about, how many of y'all cursed at somebody on the way to church this morning? It just had me, like, heads, like, kind of look down, <laughs> like, uh. Um, but the, one of the ones that I've I've heard lately that I've been using was I used this in a message months ago. Was I used to do like the little pre message and then pray and then like you know, not the sermon during the service. We got rid of that. But one little message I had was I was in a rush, kind of hurried to get to church. I hit nine or eight or nine red lights on the way there. This is like each time, mm-hmm. just just hit it. And I got there and I kind of scratched my whole little pre-message and I kind of just went with this whole thing of sometimes in life we're trying to get somewhere and it feels like we hit a red light. You know, and then this red light happens and then this red light happens. The road never changed. It was just these barriers, these obstacles. Um, And so how can we take a second to go, well, maybe I needed to stop. Maybe there was a reason why I needed to slow down and take a second and breathe and look around and see what's going on. Because we're always going to the next thing. We didn't see that, oh, there's some construction going on over here. Or I look over and there's a family in this car who's celebrating and the joy that that family has and how that can warm my heart. You know, or there's this going on or that going on. We didn't, we just, we're just so, I got to go to the next thing just to slow down. And then uh, shout out to our, our boy Winston. We'll talk about that in a different episode. Just got married. So shout out to him and Caitlin. He talked about how he's been trying to do, every time he hits a red light, pray. Every time he hits a red light, is prayer. No matter what, prayer. And I thought that was a really cool way of like making it realistic of the plate. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how do I do this? How do I, how do I maneuver this? It goes, well, I'm always going to hit red lights. Instead of being frustrated or angry or like, oh, this is taking me up, talking to God. And I thought that was a cool, like realistic way to kind of incorporate prayer into our daily life. One, if you look at it, last thing I'll say, if you look at it, if the goal is to be with God, then it takes away the aspect of like, oh, I got to be a better this, or I better do this better. It's, I just want to be with them. And so when you think about it from like a relationship aspect, yeah, you want to be a better girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, but you just want to be with them. You just want to be around them. You just, and so the idea of like, I'm coming up to a red light, I should do this because I'll be a better Christian for it, or I'll be a better follower. I'll be that. No, I just want to be with Jesus. I just want, I just want to be with God, and I want my life to just be with Him. And so you start getting in those modes instead of thinking as like, okay, I need to make this checklist or I need this to happen. It's like, no, no, no. I just, I just want to be with God, and I think that that helps shift your mind to like, okay, it's not this task I have to do or this, you know, trying to make myself better. It's no, I just want to be with God. Be with God. Be with God. There we go. I love it. Boom. Nathan Dickens, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Ben. Uh, Great White Buffalo Nation. Don't forget, we are on 
Apple, Spotify, listen to all day long, Amazon Music, but we're also on YouTube. And if you could subscribe, I know there's a lot of people who are hesitant of like, I, do I, can I subscribe? Yes, you don't have to create a YouTube account. It's usually linked to your Gmail. You just subscribe, like the videos, helps us out. And uh, we really, really appreciate y'all doing that. And if you're still listening and watching, here's a little bonus clip for you. Yesterday I made a bet with Nathan. And I lost that bet pretty badly. <laughs> I, I said that Lincoln County did not border Union County. I was completely wrong. It serves <laughs> a whole lot of the border. Not like a little bit. If it was like a little bit, I'd be like, come on, dude. Like a little bit. Okay. No, it's a lot. It's the hat. It's of a, Lincoln County. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. And uh, that's my beat. That's my beat. A lot of mountains, though. A lot of mountains, yeah. A lot of mountains. No, no, no. And so I bet, or you bet $100. You threw out the $100 bet. And I was like, okay, yeah, just so confidently. And I shook hands with you. Well, I was wrong. And so today I have for you in this bonus clip $5 (laughs) of the $100 because I don't have $100. So I now owe you $95. Don't do you, worry. Do you need five dollars for lunch today? No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. I, you know what? I found it the other day, or I found it today when I was cleaning. And I said, you know what? That's going towards the Nathan, Nathan Dickens fund. <laughs> I'm a man of my word. I'm going to pay you slowly but surely. <laughs> I'm down ninety five dollars. If you don't know the the fact that Lum County shares a giant border with Union County, now you know. So, <laughs> thank you for listening to the Great White Buffalo Podcast. <laughs> Subscribe. Bye. Peace.